0: Blog Talk Radio
1: You're listening to The Keys 107 Opening the doors to endless possibilities In the pursuit of love, peace and happiness With your host, Rafika and Brother James
2: That's it. Welcome. Welcome to another episode of The Keys 107. I am Rafika, your co-host, and my co-host is here.
3: Yes, I am. This is Brother uh, James, and it's a great day. It's, it's a, great a great day. day. Absolutely. Yes,
2: it is. We have a very special guest today that's going to delve into an area that affects all of our lives on one level or another. All of us have some form of dream. Us can't remember our dreams, but those of us who are in tune want to know, is there a mechanism, is there a way to interpret, to really understand the deeper meaning of what it is to dream? Now, I'm a dreamer. I got some crazy, crazy dreams. I shared some of them with my Facebook friends today about the giant gold with the red shiny door <laughs> So we're going to look into What symbolism means in dreams Our dreams from God And then we're going to If we have some time We're going to go into sex and dreams And I got a lot of calls about I don't make this up
3: <laughs> Well, Rebecca yeah, um, i just like to say that We spend at least one third of our day Some of us In a uh, state of sleep, and that's where most of the dreaming takes place, we want to know what kind of creative forces are in that sleep pattern and why do we dream and how could we increase our dreams, you know, as well as understanding what dreams really are. So there's a lot to be said for this conversation, and I think we need to go ahead and move forward into our...
2: Before we go, I know you was getting ready to say Medea Allen is on standby, getting ready to do the healthy tip of the day. But before we go to Medea, I just want to sort of set the stage and let our listeners know who Amy Coelho is. She is the author of – can you hear me?
3: You're going in and out.
2: Oh, okay. Well, take the mic, James. Let me figure out what's wrong with my technology.
3: Well, I, I would tell you, Rafika, I think we should just go to the healthy tip of the day. We'll come back and introduce our very, very, very special guest on tonight. And for everyone out there in our listening audience, right now is the time to go and get that pen and that pad to, to write, begin to write notes because you're in the classroom without walls with Brother James or Sister Rafika sitting at the front of the, uh, the classroom because we're a student in this great classroom ourselves. So coming right back in just a few minutes, we will uh, be talking with none other than Amy uh, Coelho. We'll be right back. The The Healthy Tip of the Day. The healthy
4: tip of the day is to add variety to all that you do. While consistency is important, doing the same exercise, eating the same foods, doing the same meditation, and even doing the same work every single day can cause boredom and stagnation in your energy flow. Choose one small thing in your life that you haven't changed in a very long time, and boldly change it. Introducing variety in our lives through bold change increases creativity, allows for flexibility, and adds back the wonderful element of surprise. Today's healthy tip has been brought to you by Organic Soul Chef Medea Allen. To learn more about my services, visit OrganicSoulChef.com. Now,
3: now, now, back to the keys. 107 with your host, Ravika and Flavie. The Fluff are a family of clubs up in the
1: sky. Seeking the earth and so you will be alright. They'll get you your ABC and your Red, you'll be free. You fluff are S-S-L, the, the Fluff, the Fluff presents the alphabet. the alphabet is available on Amazon.com. And on Kindle. we will get your copy today. For more information, visit them online, www.theflufffamily.com. Now, 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 back to the keys.
3: 107 with your host, Rafika and Brother King.
2: Okay, so we got some business out the way, and as always, we want to thank Medea Allen for providing those healthy tips today. Nobody brings it like she does. Before we went to the uh, healthy tip today, I was going to let you know a little bit about uh, Amy Coelho, and I just want to just put it in a quick nutshell because she's here. She's ready. She is the author of Dream, A Window into Your Destiny, and How to Talk to the Unchurched and dream symbols. She's a television host and a a ministry leader. She's a prophetic teacher and a successful business owner. She's a speaker, storyteller, and leader who has given her life fully to Jesus Christ. And she is a dream interpreter who leads a team of certified dream interpreters and teaches about key principles of dream interpretation the importance of understanding the parabolic language of heaven and how God speaks to us through symbols, and she's the founder of the largest Christian dream interpretation Facebook group, and that group is called Prophetic Dreams, Symbols, and Interpretation. So it is time. Amy, your mic is live. Check in. How are you guys? Thank you so much for having me.
3: You're welcome. It's
2: our honor. That's it. So, Amy, um, we have a lot to talk about, and I hope we don't stuff it too much. But um, for those of you who are listening via the Internet or Skype and you want to call in, the call-in number is 213-943-3618. 213-943-3618. I'd like to welcome all of our callers who are on the switchboard listening in. Welcome to everybody In internet land. (laughs) So let's get it kicking. Let's start off with the first question Why do we dream?
5: You know, I am so excited to be here. We look forward, our team looks forward to this uh, show. And um, it's, you know, our mission and our message right now, you know, in life is explaining what dreams are, why do we dream, and what do we do with those dreams, right? And so one of the reasons we dream. Because it's a way and an avenue for God to speak to us specifically about issues in our life, character issues, direction, warning strategies. In fact, um, Brother James, it was interesting you said we sleep for one-third of our life. The interesting part to that is one-third of the Bible references or reflects dreams and visions. Mm -hmm. And so we by that we know how important, you know, dreaming is and how um how God uses that modality to to speak to us you know i tell people like this it's it's one thing that you go to church and you hear a message and it's you know you leave church and you think oh that message really meant a lot to me but it meant a lot to everybody that was sitting in that room or should have right but how much more exciting is it when the god of this universe engages with you specifically And directly about your situation in life, and I liken it to this: when we're younger, we have reoccurring dreams, and those reoccurring dreams are indicators of things that challenges and obstacles that we need to overcome in order to be successful in life and Mm -hmm. have life more abundantly, right? And we we note that here these dreams they come and they flow. And as we begin to um, overcome them and seek the understanding, because we, we say that the dream language is a parabolic language of heaven. How do we know that? Well, because Jesus came, walked the earth, and spoke a parabolic language. It was a hidden, veiled language. It was a dark, mysterious language. Why? For, for those that have ears to hear and those that have eyes to see, right? It's for those who are truly truly speaking truth, and understanding, and when we knock, it will be the door will be open to us. And that really is why we dream. It is to get us to a place of destiny, purpose, assignment, calling. We all, in fact, I'll tell you that uh, I think Rick Warner, War, uh, Rick Warner, Warner, Warren, Warren, um, <laughs> Live, He actually did a study, or he read a study somewhere, and it said the number one googled question is what am I here for? What's my purpose? What is supposed to be doing on earth, right? Because if we are not doing what God has purposed us to do, we fall into addictions. That addiction may be pornography. It may be romance novels. It may be social media. It may be checking. It's just a form of checking out, right? But when we pursue the passion, the purpose, and the calling that God had placed in us, then we are fulfilled um, so and the way we know what that purpose is is by listening to our dreams and the only way to get to that purpose is to listen to our dreams understand that this is the way God is speaking and back to Hebrews they only you know if they went three days without a dream they didn't they believed that something was wrong with their their relationship with God and so when we pursue our dreams and pursue the dream language and unlocking and unveiling the symbols in our dreams, we realize that there's this great big God who is divinely uh, interested in getting you to a place of success.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Now, now, Amy, I want to step back just a little bit and really un- un- peel back this onion, so to speak. Yeah, We talked about why do we dream or are we beginning this conversation? But I think a lot of folks who are going to listen today are probably sitting in the same seat I'm sitting in, wondering mm-hmm. not necessarily always where dreams come from, not why we dream, but how we dream. What is it about mm-hmm. the brain, the mind, and the state of being that we're in, where we're in the sleep state that is... It creates the environment for dreams to flourish. Not to say that we can't dream with our eyes open and being in Mm -hmm. uh, a Mm -hmm. conscious state, but the difference between being unconscious and dreaming and being conscious is dreaming. And since we're talking about dreams and perhaps everybody knows they dream when they're sleeping, let's go there if you can. Tell us what's going on inside of us that allows us to, to, to get into a dream state um uh, into a dream state
5: right so you know i just discussed spiritually um our position in dreaming right and so then there's mm-hmm. the physical bodies were created to dream and if, you know people science will say to flush out um to flush out things and and it's just in order to um to continue to you know if you did not dream you would actually have a nervous breakdown and mm. the, the statistics show that if you go without sleep or you go without dreaming, it will actually cause an, um, a nervous breakdown or cause, cause stress within your, your cycle. Now, we have five stages of sleep, and we probably, in each of these stages um, of sleep, that we, we go into about four to six times a night, you know, if you get a good eight hour, six to eight hours of sleep. So you're actually dreaming in, the, in what we call the, the REM or, or when you can see rapid eye movement. And, you know, we do this in order to bring relief to our system, right? And we do it in order so that we won't have a nervous breakdown. So the only way that science can really, really explain this whole dreaming thing is that it relieves the pressure valve. It's almost like a pressure valve, right? Um, But what we've realized is that we go a little bit further and go, okay, you know, our bodies were created to dream, we sleep for one third of our life, what is it? and I'll tell you it's very interesting. The word dreaming" in Hebrew actually means to impregnate it means to oh. yeah it means to impregnate the word means to impregnate and you know we believe that the reason we do dream is that that is where we are impregnated with vision, purpose, understanding. And a lot of times we wake up with the whole, what the heck was that all about, right? Uh-huh. But, you know, honestly, we're busy people. We get our co- cup of coffee, we throw our clothes on, and we head out the door to work, and we don't even think, you know, very much of it other than, hey, I had this really crazy dream, right? But if, but, have, but, do we really step back and go, but why would I have that crazy dream? Why would I um, have, you know, why am I dreaming? Why am I going through these motions and why are these symbols and pink flying cars and aliens and, you know, spaceships and and stuff, you know, it's just stuff. And, again, science will say it's purging purging out um, your system in order, you know, to relieve the pressure of what's going on. And Mm -hmm. we say that spiritually we do it because God is calling us into a purpose, a path, a plan, and a destiny.
3: Okay, okay. I get it. I just think that... um I the brain is constantly at work. It never rests mm-hmm. even though the mm-hmm. body does. And mm-hmm. so when we when we go into that prone position of sleep, uh we, uh this I think the our vibrations settle to the point that right. we can become more fine-tuned yep. with mm-hmm. uh higher levels of thinking. And this yep. is where you say is God talking to me or um mm-hmm. uh, are we connected to a a source outside of ourselves. are we tuning into something? Is that antenna in our head actually mm-hmm. on the same wavelength of a divine source? Yeah, um, absolutely. This is where, you know, I mean, not that I have a complete understanding, I have very little, but it, it lends me to believe that there's a certain state that we're in in terms of sleeping uh, that allows us to dream and that it really is, an opportunity, as you said, to impregnate an idea and mm-hmm. to flush it out, or to receive inspiration, or guidance, mm-hmm. or warning, um, in healing, which are, that's a whole other topic we'll talk about mm-hmm. later. You know, yeah. so I, yeah. I I figured I would throw these things out early because I know this kind of thinking folks have had since they were. How do I dream? How how do we yeah. get to that point that we begin the dreaming? So and then you you already expressed. Why we dream? So I wanted to put yeah. that out there now. Now, yeah. Rafika and I, um, we do believe that dreams have a, div- a, div- a sense of divinity about it. So talk to mm-hmm. us. Why do you believe that dreams are from God?
5: Well, I think we know, we believe that dreams come from three sources. Uh, we we have what is called uh, divine dreaming, which which is halam and. In Hebrew, and that word halam means to bind firmly to. It's the reason why you wake up and you can remember some of your dreams. And then we have what's called Ecclesiastic dreams, which are um, in Ecclesiastes. It talks about the busyness of the day, and those are the ones that get flushed out. that You can't really remember. Um, you just know you were dreaming, but you can't really grasp it. Um, and and then and then we have what we call demonic dreams or de- demonic source dreams, which bring hopelessness, fear. Terror, that kind of stuff. So we believe that there there are three sources in which we can, um, where dreams are produced or influenced, I might add. Um, And we, ones we focus on, are the ones that we remember now. People say, "Well, I, you know, when I speak at conferences, I, you know, I ask people to raise their hand. How long has it been since you've had a dream?" And they're like, "I just don't dream anymore. I haven't remembered a dream for for years." Sometimes they say, and, and I will tell you, the majority of the people will raise their hand uh, when when asking this question. And what we have found is that if you are not faithful to pursue the parabolic language, that this great big God of this universe finds another way to speak to you, right? He's, it's not like the, the the God of this universe is going to go, nope, you didn't pay attention to those dreams, so therefore you don't get answers, right? So maybe he speaks to us through other people. Maybe he speaks through us, you know, some people have angelic encounters. Some, um, you know, receives enlightenment through scripture or enlightenment through other uh, rhema words or weighted words. Uh, maybe they receive it through you know situational prophecy, you know uh, maybe different situations, signs of the universe, that kind of stuff, and so uh, a lot of times they 'll pull God will pull back from from that, or we say, "Hey, you know what, if we believe that that these dreams are divine and that there is a source of divinity speaking to us." then wouldn't it behoove us to pursue that, which here is this, you know, what we call the voice of God directly about your situation. When you realize that, how do you just walk away from it and go, eh, didn't figure it out, whatever, that was weird, right? And a lot of times we take people through repentance. You know, yes, I recognize dreams are from God. And you give yourself permission to forgive yourself and and whatever, to to come back into a place of I recognize that I did not, you know, pursue that which has been given to me. And we repent for those things, and then we begin to practice. We practice dreaming again. And what does that mean? It means that we tell others that come to our conferences, it means that you are faithful with the little so that you will be given much more. And what does that mean? It means that the little bit of of dreams that you can remember, you write it down. It may be a sentence. It may be a picture. It may be a brief little flicker that's something you remember. But when you show yourself faithful to write it down, There's something scientific about writing. It's very scientific. In fact, it's why scripture says, write it on the walls, write it on your heart, write it so the herald can run with it, write it on your gates, write it on, you know, it's always writing it, right? So why? Because there is a scientific element that there's something very spiritual about writing. And so when we show ourselves faithful to write those things down, more will come. And we see it all the time. They're like, "Oh my gosh! I went to your conference. I started writing. I had a dream that night, and then I wrote it down. And now they don't stop." I, I, I tell people it's uh, job security, so you have to invite me <laughs> back because now I got to interpret your dreams. But, but yeah, I mean that's that's why you know the different sources of of dreams and and um, why we remember some and why we don't remember others. <laughs>
3: Now that was a, a very good response, and I think one of the things that um, make me to believe that there is a, a a divine source in dreaming is because the evidence is in the the scriptures where you have mm-hmm. uh, plenty of the prophets, whether it's Daniel, Joseph, Ezekiel mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. having dreams, but th- that's just a short Joseph, just a short lived. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, here's here's the thing. When can you determine whether something is a dream or a vision? Is there a distinction between the two?
5: Yes, there is. A, well, I, I say yes. Okay, the Hebrews, um, the actual word for dreaming and vision is actually, it means they're interchangeable. And so... It just means a vision is a picture on your mind on, on, the, on the screen of your mind, right? And a dream is an active movie on the screen of your mind. okay? So um, a vision typically is maybe one or two active things happening in, in front of you. It's usually just a picture of something and an understanding of something deep deeper. Um, a dream is something that you know, you see playing out with many scenes, or maybe a lot of activity, a lot of moving particles. You can also have a vision with inside a, um, a dream. Um, we've had that where people are dreaming and then they are asleep in their dream and then they have a vision. And so, or they're sitting there and they go into a trance and then they see a vision. And so um, the Hebraic understanding is that they're, they are interchangeable. But what we teach is that visions are more literal and take less time to, or less understanding to um, to understand, and dreams take much more understanding and a lot more depth to grab hold of, of what it means, and I think that's kind of why it says, you know, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. I don't think it's young and old. I think it's a maturity issue. I think it's a maturity continuum,
1: because it's
5: easier to understand vision and it takes a lot more to you, – you, you have to really have a relationship with your creator to understand dreams and what these dreams mean and then how to apply them and to what situation do I apply it to,
3: right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now that going into dreams, are there different levels of dreams?
5: There are different levels, and we see that we have, you know, your basic dream where you go in, you dream, you wake up, you're like, that was weird, and you can interpret. And then we have lucid dreaming, which is another. Uh, We also have what's called um, twilight dreaming, and twilight dreaming is the dreams right before you wake up, and you're almost like half asleep and half awake or that you're coming up out of a dream. But twilight dreaming is where you most likely hear the audible voice of God or you give um, its, its clear directions, or maybe you hear a song, or maybe you hear, um, you know, you see a television show. It's just very, it's more clear, um, takes less interpretation, and then we have what's lucid dreaming, which means I am awake inside of my dream. I recognize this as a dream, and now I have the ability to change the environment or event. Um, we Lucid dreaming, I, I, you know, it's so funny because Christians, it's a very um, small percentage of believers that really even believe that dreams are from God. And I'll tell you this, every culture, every religion out there believes in dreams, come from a higher being, a higher consciousness, right, or, or divinity, um, or what they would call their God. We are the only culture, the British culture in this culture, that allowed psychology to take over the understanding that dreams are divine. And so when psychology came in, or the Greek mindset of understanding, um, we began to see the, um, psychology make logical Trying to create a logical understanding of what we do to dreams, and really just kind of wiped out the divinity part of why we do it, right? And in fact, when I was in school, you know, we were we were required to take the Jungian and the Freudian um, understanding of dreams, and we were um, we had to actually take that understanding the theory and apply it to every dream of the bible and as you know the dreams in the bible actually a lot of them have the interpretation in there and if you were to take the Jungian and Freudian theories and apply it it wouldn't make sense it would tra- it you know it just trashes the the interpretation and you know when we a, a lot of times when I'm on radio shows they'll you know they'll put me with uh they'll put me with the um psychologist or doctors of psychology and And they will give us a dream to interpret, and we interpret them completely different. But the difference is the power in the interpretation. It's the aha moment. It's that moment that the dreamer goes, oh, that totally makes sense. We call it the aha moment. And we tell people, don't stop searching until you feel the rhema, the weightiness, the, oh, okay, now it makes sense. And psychology just doesn't offer that.
3: Mm-hmm. Now, um, what are the steps necessary to begin interpreting your dreams? I know that's probably a lengthy conversation, but for those yeah. listening, you know, uh, most times we have trouble with mm-hmm. um, interpreting what our dreams are.
2: Mm-hmm. Can you hear me? Right.
3: Yes, we I can, can hear you.
2: Answer. Okay. Um, just want to stress to our Call is on the line. If you want to talk, you have to press the number one on your keypad. Otherwise, we we just think you're listening, and you are welcome to speak. So press number one, raise your hand, and we'll call on you. Thank you. Go ahead, Amy. Yeah.
5: Well, and I think that, you know, steps in interpreting, and, and, of course, this is very basic and very brief. I think that the first step is to recognize that, that the God of this universe wants to guide and direct you and wants to speak very plain and very clear to your situation and wants to see you live an abundant life
0: full Mm -hmm. of joy
5: and peace. And by doing that, we have an understanding that our dreams reveal character issues of our own heart, right? Or they give us calling dreams or they warn us about something or, you know, maybe they warn you about a certain person in your life and maybe they warn you about red flags of a job you're supposed to take or, you know, something of that nature, or or they give you strategy, you know, invention dreams. We see them all the time. Google, I don't know if you know this, but Larry Page, the Google was created out of a dream. He had a dream, and in the dream he woke up from it, and he, he followed the dream, and now we have Google. And so, um, and he's very, very... Um, he speaks about this a lot. And so we have invention dreams. We also have strategy dreams where, you know, dreamers look to their dreams and look to God to give them strategy in order to bring solution to problems at work that then will turn and, re- and return promotions to them because they solve something that maybe their administration couldn't and or leadership couldn't. And so, what, that's the first step is recognizing that here that you, you can receive divine answers for that which you are seeking. I think the next step is being faithful to write those things down and to pursue them as though they are the voice of, of the divine. As though they are the God, your creator is speaking directly to you and we become faithful in that and we begin writing them down. And then the hardest part is what in the heck does that even mean like where do I start and the way to Mm -hmm. not start is to go googling stuff online because you're going to get into crazy land and um I you know I tell people at my conferences google you know the holy spirit is your google and you know to be able to take that dream write it down and then We meditate. You know, people meditate. Nowadays, you know, every culture out there is meditation is like the big thing, right? I mean, now they're taking companies through meditation. (laughs) You know, let's show you how to meditate. And it's true. You know, the Bible was true when they said it, you know, 2,000 years ago. And, And when we meditate and we incubate and we mull over and we ponder upon we allow ourselves the permission to understand what those symbols mean. The reason why you don't go to a book and say, I'm going to take the symbol of a car and apply it to my dream is because the car may not represent in the book. You know, a mm-hmm. car represents what is driving you. Is it your education? Is it your marriage? Is it a relationship? Is it your profession? Is it your ministry? Is it your nonprofit? I mean, what's driving you at the time? Cars can change meanings throughout your life right? But when you have it, it is the meaning of a car is what is driving you at that time. And so we can't just go to a book and look at that. And and we have to ask the the questions, what does this mean to me? What does the color, you know, red mean? You know, um, every symbol has a positive and a negative. And so a lion, you know, biblically speaking, if you look at it, a lion is the lion of Judah, right? But then it also says, that he is like a lion- you know prowling around, seeking who he may devour, and so that's the positive and the negative. We also see a snake in the Bible. we refer to a snake as a as a demon a serpent, the Satan, but then in exodus, we see where the snake is held up, and we look they were all looked to the snake for healing right and that's where they they get the the little snake sign on the medical medical deal i I always forget what the name of that is but you know, we, so every dream has a positive and negative. Every dream symbol, and so it, the question is, how do I learn how to apply those dreams? And I really think that we speak and we believe in um, dream circles. I have a dream circle online. It's a dream circle mentorship and training with Amy Coelho. You can find it on my my website. Click on there. We also, you know, we have a group that, in fact, um, tonight when I get off this interview, I'll jump onto my mentorship group and we'll hammer out some dreams, right? And so I think that um, getting into a group, finding like-minded people, studying, asking for direction on what to study. And I I highly recommend if you're going to study dreams, study the Hebraic understanding. Study the first language, the Aramaic. Study the the Biblical understanding Of of what dreams mean And I say that Because I've studied every culture Every way of dreaming I've studied all the psycho- psychological understandings of dreaming And I have yet to find The power that I find In any of that Those cultures the, the, Those understandings Than I do a biblically based interpretation And Maybe. so I would say that's, that's the step That you
3: take Okay Amy, we have a call on the line that likes to, wants wants to ask you a question. So, um, Robin, let me see, Robin, if you can hear me, the mic is yeah, live. I can, I can hear you. Okay. Um,
6: I have a question. If, you, if are you, if are you gonna do like a live interpretation? If so, I have a a short dream
3: that I could share with you.
5: Yeah, that's up to the host.
3: We, we're definitely going to do that, Robin, but I think we want to kind of work our way through the understanding what dreams are, and then we'll keep you uh, right there in the queue. And, and uh, we will have, uh, if you don't mind, Amy, uh, we're going to do that towards a little bit further in the program. Sure. We'll answer Absolutely. about two or three of them. If you don't, if, it depends on how much time you need and we'll go in there. But uh, Robin, you stay on the line. We are definitely going to um, have you first, the first one up. Have a dream interpreted, okay? All
2: right, thank you. All right. Okay. So, um... well, Rob, um, Amy, you was talking about the meditation, and you said that
1: mm-hmm.
2: people we should not search through Google, we should not search through books to find. I guess, I guess you, you were focusing on the symbols of the meaning of, let's say, a car and a snake. In the dream, you should meditate. so are we honing in on a connection with a feeling in trying to interpret the meaning of, of, of the incidents in the dream?
5: I believe that the goal and what I have found to be the goal is the uh, what we call the aha moment. It's the understanding of the parabolic language, the meaning behind the symbols. And and really, that's what you're after. And we tell people, don't stop searching your dreams and, you know, the answer to your dreams until you feel that. And sometimes you feel it over the whole dream. Sometimes you only feel it over part of the dream. Sometimes dreams don't come to pass until much later or you have full understanding of them until much later. In fact, I tell people, write your dreams down because it is spirit-to-spirit communication, just like the Bible is. When you read the Bible and have that aha moment, that that rhema moment, and it's the same feeling you get when a dream is rightly interpreted. And so we say write down those dreams because sometimes we read scripture and we can apply it to our life and say, you know what, that makes so much sense to the situation I'm in right now. A year later you may read that same scripture and it may mean something completely different to you. Why? Because the word of God is is inexhaustible. You cannot exhaust the Word of God. It, it has mm-hmm. deep meaning every time you read it. And so, so is the case with our dreams. In fact, you can write a dream down tonight that you have, and it means something to your situation right now. And a year later, you can go back and read that same dream, and it ha- means something completely different. Or, or there's a fuller understanding because you've walked through it. Because it is spirit-to-spirit communication. It's revelation. And so I liken to uh, dream journals as your own personal Bible almost. It's the way God speaks to you about your specific situation using the revelatory communication, just like we see in scripture. Mm-hmm.
2: And
5: reoccurring dreams? I think How that reoccurring that is. Yes. Reoccurring are, you know, everyone has reoccurring dreams. You typically have them a lot when you're younger. Um, it's, reoccurring dreams or reoccurring themes also, not just reoccurring dreams, but reoccurring themes is almost like God holding a microphone going, hey, we need to take care of this or you're not going to get where I need you to be or where you want to be. And so if we don't take care of this, there's going to be a problem. And so I'll give an example. My own reoccurring dream as a child was that I was always running from something scary and, is like i was running i'm running i'm running but it's almost like i'm running through molasses no matter each recurring theme was that i was running but i was not gaining traction i was running through molasses and it's like a quick, but i never got caught right i mean i just couldn't run but it, they never caught me and so you know going through the interpretation was that i one of my key problems in life was that is that i i strive i'm i'm educated i'm talented i'm you know i I've got great skills, and so what happens is instead of leaning on God, I will lean on self, right? And so I will kick doors down, and and it's called striving. And and when we strive, we do not gain traction. When we are divinely inspired, we do. And so it's the one thing that, that has really, and so I know that when that reoccurring dream comes up, I look around and go, okay, where am I striving? Where am I striving at? Sometimes it's falling. You know, sometimes the reoccurring dream is you're falling off a cliff, you're falling off a building, and and that issue is that you you're constantly feeling out of control. And so when you have the reoccurring dream, you go, okay, where am I feeling out of control at? Just happens to be your issue. We all have that thorn in our in our flesh. You know, maybe it's your teeth falling out, and you know the reoccurring theme is that your teeth are falling out. Well, depending on what you know what tooth it is. You know if it's your front teeth, it's can can speak of identity issues. So you know if your front teeth are missing, you kind of hide your 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 face. you don't want to be seen. that's an identity. You know if it's your eye tooth, it's typically some discernment issues. If it's your back teeth, it's what you're chewing on. what are you what are you meditating on? What issues mm-hmm. are problems are you are you focused on instead of truths? And so that's why we look at reoccurring people, people's reoccurring dreams. Generally, once you figure out your reoccurring dream, you typically don't have them again unless it appears again in your life, unless you're doing the same thing that you've overcome prior. Okay, okay
2: so strategy, strategy dreams, how do you know? So you wake up, you had this dream, mm-hmm. you wrote it down, now you're trying to synthesize it. You're trying to make sense of it. How do you mm-hmm. know if
5: it's, if it's a strategy dream? Well, I, um, in my book, I write the different common types of dreams. And it kind of teaches you how to think through of what, you know, here's a strategy. You know, when, remember in, I don't know, if Joseph, Jesus' father, you know, mm-hmm. he, the dream he had was, hey, you need to get up right now and go over there. That was a strategy dream, right? Because why? Because Herod was trying to kill Jesus, and so the the issue was like, you need to get up right now, and you need to take your family that way. And that's what kind of what we call strategy dreams. And we know them because we they always give a way out. And t- typically, your strategy dreams look like you know air warfare. You know, maybe you're getting through a house and you're trying to find the way out, or you know, you you you. you climb down a wall and you get on a bicycle and you and so that there's always they're pointing to strategy how to get Mm. in and around and maneuver around a situation in your life but solving a puzzle understand yeah solving a puzzle i think Mm -hmm. to understand is this a healing dream is this a warning dream is this a strategy dream or is this a calling dream i think you've got to understand those types of dreams and what they look like and so buying a book or I know on my website um, I have a free dream journal page that you can look on and it kind of teaches you through what that looks like and how do I determine that and it kind of actually helps you walk through your dream and and tells you how to look at the dream. You know, what does it mean? If I could title the dream, what would I title it? If I could, you know, what's the date of the dream? How do I find the core action of the dream? What do the people mean? Are there animals in the dream? What about colors and light sources? It kind of walks you through that.
3: Okay. Mm. okay. Um,
5: James,
2: I want to I want to um, move on to the other points because we do have a few callers on the line. Amy, this is very exciting. Um, James, yeah. if if I don't know if you're going to pick up on the next part about the destiny, um, how can dreams reveal your destiny and answer your problems today?
3: yeah i I wanted to know that yes I did yeah absolutely
2: awesome. say that again. How do dreams reveal your destiny and answer your problems today
5: yeah right and and you know most dreams are about revealing your destiny. It's really all about pulling you back to the path of purpose we we all the time we get off, off the wrong track. We either had terrible parents or maybe we didn't. Maybe we did bad in school. Maybe we, you know, we, we got ourselves involved in a bad relationship. Maybe, you know, there's so many, maybe we took the wrong job out of fear. You know, there's so many t- places where we can get off track. And, you know, our dreaming is to overcome those things, those obstacles, challenges, um, character issues of the heart, And get us back to a place of our purpose. We each have a purpose, unique. It's almost like a thumbprint. Can someone else do what you're called to do? Yes. But will it sound like it, look like it? No. You were created uniquely for a purpose. And it's all about getting back to that place. And so understanding what the dream means and how is it used to refine my character to, to, to walk through the obstacles, reveal my own heart. I, I always tell people, you know, many times God will knock on our, our hearts and say, hey, this is a problem. There's an issue here. And I would much rather answer God through a dream and say, I'm listening, Lord. Tell your servant, I'm listening, versus being called out in your boss's office or, you know, the church pastor's office or in front of a church, or you know, or, or people group it's much easier to do it that way than it is to you know he's been knocking and knocking on your door, and you just keep ignoring until until it's, it's too late and now you you walk through humiliation and shame and guilt and stuff
2: mm-hmm. so so let's go into the seven the seven
5: things you should know about dreams. I think that we need to know that we have a purpose we also have to pay attention to what it is that God is calling us to to be faithful in writing it down and pursuing the dream your dreams and those and and those are wake dreams and sleep dreams to really hone in and understand the symbolic language of heaven to practice getting enough sleep you know making sure that your time is is, that your time of sleeping is well prepared. You know, we just don't make it you know, we just don't take it willy nilly, right? We we prepare our place. When I say that I tell people, get all the electronics out of your room. It it messes up your vibrations anyway. So just get it out of your room. You know, prepare your place. Let that be a place where you're not working, you're not anxious, you're not fighting, it's your sanctuary, right? And you know, we if people are having bad dreams or tormenting dreams, we tell people turn on some music and and uh, you know, whatever music that 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 is inspirational to you and has excellent verbiage wording, put that on, you know, and and while you're at work or out of the out of the house, and then as you come in, you'll notice that the atmosphere is much different. The, the energy, the vibration, the atmosphere, it's all, you know, it's, it's conducive for, for finding that place of sleep where you can connect with your creator.
3: Okay.
2: I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I ever thought about it like that. <laughs>
3: so let me ask you, so really what we're saying that sleep and dreaming is of divine or is from divine. And so we should mm-hmm. look at it in a sacred way. You know, mm, the same yeah. way the same way when we eat, most folks just say, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. But we should look at that from a, a sacred way because it's nourishing our body, yeah. it's extending our lives. But the same thing with yeah. sleep is it's actually nourishing our body, our mind, and our soul. Healing is taking place. Inspiration is gotten mm-hmm. while we're in that dreamlike state. So we should prepare an atmosphere conducive yeah. to such yeah. a divine Absolutely. work. Yes. Okay. Yes. Absolutely. Now, I, I know uh, this was something that I, I was toying with the to accent. and I don't really want a uh, uh, you know a, a, a long answer on it. But does food, drink, herbs, and diet have any effect on our dreams?
5: It does. Yes. Um, you know, our spirit. You know, our biorhythm, our our spiritual rhythm, and our physical rhythm, and our you know, our physical, our mind, body, soul, and spirit—it it, it is all connected. It's all intertwined. You know, if you are, you know, misprioritizing your life work balance, you're going to see that play out in your dreams. If you are, you know, staying up till two in the morning and then you got to get up at six, you're going to see that play out, and it's going to wreak havoc on your your physical body. And it will wreak havoc on your spiritual life and it's going to wreak havoc on, you know, your, your spirit and your mind and your body. It all is interconnected. So when we feed our body well or we take the herbs that are necessary. Now, I don't typically recommend, hey, take these dreaming herbs that they're selling online. I don't typically recommend that um, because I'm a whole food type of person. I believe in eating well. And my husband's an executive chef, so I'm blessed in that area. But I believe in eating well, and because when you eat well, your body, your 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 dreams are not honing in on trying to get you healthy, your physical life healthy, because we all know that you can't pursue your purpose with a weak body, you know. And so, a lot of times we have healing dreams. You mentioned healing dreams earlier, and, and I remember one time I was on a radio show. We were talking about healing dreams, and I said, you know, I've interpreted dreams well over a decade, and and that I said, but I have not had one myself. And I'm pretty physically healthy, and I'm in good shape. And and one that night, I actually had a dream that night where I was um, digging through dirt, finding. Uh, I just knew it was called black crustacean, black crustacean. And I'm digging all night. I'm digging in the dirt looking for this black crustacean. I, I wake up. And I'm like, what in the world? So I go and I look up and research black crustacean. Well it's krill oil. And I realized then that God was telling me, You need krill oil right now Mm. because and I didn't heed it. I did not heed the warning and I hate taking pills and I just would rather, you know, not and so I'll I'll look for every excuse not to swallow a pill. And so I didn't and then three years later I'm like I go to the doctor, I'm like, I can't remember anything. I just am having I'm struggling remembering and you know what he recommends? Krill oil. So like, had I listened to my dreams, you know, mm-hmm. our body, you know, our dream life will try to get your body healed first. It will get your body healed. It will. We've had so many people who have had a dream about spraying inside of a, um, a chemical inside of a stairwell only to find out they had cancer. Or bugs crawling through their breast, only to find out they had breast cancer. And so we're finding so many people are actually being alerted to cancers and stuff, early stages, and they're catching it early on. You know, or there's some you know warning sign of a health issue. Because the truth is, is how do we, how does God pull us into our path and purpose, and and we don't have the physical wherewithal. To see it through, and so our dreams will immediately go to trying to uh, heal financial issues, heal mental issues, heal physical issues, and relational issues before you know you go. We call it divine chaos, and so God will give you a calling dream, and then He will move you into what's called divine chaos, which is what comes before divine order. And so our dreams will follow that path, that rhythm.
3: Okay, okay. All righty, so I believe what, what we want, want to do is take a deep breath because in a few moments, uh, Amy, you're going to, on, on air, live, uh, entertain at least two, maybe three uh, of okay. the callers with the dream interpretation. Um, so Great. what we'll do, go to a quick little 30-second uh, break. And then we'll be right back with The Keys and Amy Coelho.
2: The Keys 107 will be right back.
1: The Fluff Presents the Alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. We'll so get your copy today. For more information, visit them online. www.theflufffamily.com. Now, 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 back to
3: the Keys 107 with your host, Rafika Ekron.
2: So we're live here on the Keys 107 with um, author, uh, dream interpreter, Amy Coelho. And her her latest book, Dream, A Window into Your Destiny, is available via her website. Um, Amy, can you give out your website address?
5: I can. It's com. A-M-Y-C-O-E-L-L-O.com. com.
3: Okay. Amy, we have our first dream uh, gentleman by the name of Robin, and I promise you, Robin, you was going to be first off. Go ahead, Robin. Hi, how are you? First time caller, long time listener. Um,
6: I had a, uh, a dream. This was about 25 or 30 years ago, I want to say. Um, I dreamt that I was Cinderella, but I wasn't actually Cinderella, if that makes sense. And I was underneath this big willow tree and it was just full of colors like all of the leaves were made out of different colors the whole tree was made out of different colors and i sat down on this rock and prince charming came up out of nowhere and he looked at me and he said something to me and i can't remember because it's been so long ago but he looked at me and said something and i put my foot out and he put uh the glass slipper on my foot and said it's a perfect match hmm. that's
1: great
5: that's a good that's a great dream. Um, Robin, if you were to title this dream, what would you title it?
1: Um,
6: I guess I would call it Prince Charming Found Me.
5: Say that one more time.
6: I guess I would call it Prince Charming Found Me.
5: Prince Charming Found Me. Great. Now, the reason why we asked Robin what, if he were to title the dream, what, we, what would he title it is because it's in that titling that we as interpreters find out what the weighted elements are, the core elements are in a dream. And so when we, when we in, um, title the dream, what we're looking for is an adjective. We're looking for a noun and an action word, maybe an ad, a verb or whatnot. So Prince Charming found me. Now, I generally would ask Robin to make sure that that, that title would have Uh, like I said, a noun, an adjective, and an action word, right? And so... Because those are the core elements of a dream, the action, right? If he is, you know, um, driving then or falling or maybe he's searching, those things are, that's the action that we're going to wrap around your situation. You know, the noun is the subject. It's the one element we need to look at. And so when we title that dream, these are the three things that you need to really focus on to, to be able to break that dream down. Now. That's how we begin dream interpreting. Every, you know, the the more experienced you get, you will realize that every single element or symbol in your dream actually has meaning and can be interpreted. But while as we first begin, what we want to look at is we want to interpret what's the action, what's the subject, and what's the um, the adjective, what's the describing word, and those three things are going to actually help you interpret your own dreams. And so if you were, how did you feel, Robin, when you were um, in the dream? How, how, what was the feeling you had?
6: Um, I guess the best description would be sheer adulation. Like I was just extremely happy that Prince Charming chose me to be his bride.
5: Great. And so the reason why we asked Robin what was the feeling you had is because, you know, scripturally the, the Bible tells us to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. And, and that's just simply this, happiness, joy, peace, love, kindness, gentleness, meekness, right? And so it's really just how we operate around others, or should, might add. We should be operating around. And so our whole search in life is how do we move back into joy and peace and happiness, right? How joy brings happiness, joy brings meekness, joy brings kindness, joy brings all of the fruit of the Spirit. So it's the fruit of the spirit that we're moving into. Now, if, if he were to say, I was anxious, fearful, unhappy, sad, um, I was terrorized, those type of things, we will know that this dream is the result is to get Robin from that, which is outside of the fruit of the spirit back into the fruit. And so we're going to find out what the problem was, right? If, if there, if, if he is having feelings inside the dream that are not conducive to the fruit, peace, joy, love, happiness, then we know that there's a problem and there needs to be a resolve, and so we're going to go find out that problem. Well, in Robin's case, he is, the dream is showing him the fruit in which he has in his heart, which is happiness, right? Or maybe it is a goal that God is going to get him to. So what, he's, what God is showing Robin in this dream is there's a place of perfect adulation, of complete excitement, just absolute happiness. How does Robin get there if he's not there already? And so we look at the dream and in the dream. Now, Robin, where were you when you started out in the dream? We're going to anchor this dream down. So where were you?
6: Um, Basically, I was just, uh, I want to say I was walking like through a garden and, Then I got to the tree. It wasn't a very long walk. It was kind of a short walk. And
1: Mm -hmm. then I
6: got to the tree and sat down on like a little rock. And then like Prince Charming just kind of walked out of nowhere.
5: Okay. And that's when he put the shoe on. Yep. Okay. And so a garden speaks of prayer. Um, It's a time where we reflect. um, People like to garden because it brings relaxation. They can think. You know, they can uh, grow things. It's it's just uh, a time of vision. And in this garden, and we, we call that a time of prayer, meditation, um, you know, pondering, reflecting. And and in this, he goes and he sits by, by a tree, a colorful willow tree, right? And so one of the things that I would ask Robin would be, what does a willow tree mean to, to you?
6: Uh, grace. It means grace to me.
5: Yeah, and and a lot of times we would say, you know, maybe they the dreamer would say, well, I had a willow tree in my grandmother's yard, or I just love willow trees. They've always been my favorite tree. Or, you know, willow trees were, you know, something that he was in his front yard right now, or, or whatever, but a willow tree actually speaks of, you know, a growth, um, it, a multiplication. It speaks of um, to to... To birth, basically, is what a willow tree actually stands for, and in but in his case, he says that it means grace to him. And we want to rely on what the what the dreamer sees in the dream in the dream symbols. We are just a liaison between their creator, the dreamer, and the creator. We're simply taking their hands and putting them together, stepping back and going, wow. And so, Robin goes up under the tree. Trees can also represent leadership, right? Why? Because a tree covers, provides fruit, or um, shade, or it, you know, it's where people lean to relax and rest. We can trust the tree, especially if it's been there for quite some time. So trees typically are those which have grown into leaders. And then he says something interesting. Interesting. He says, "I sit upon a rock." And so sitting in dreams can be positioning. We position ourselves, right? And so a rock can also represent Jesus. He's the cornerstone. And he positions himself with Jesus under his leadership. And it's in this place that God shows up, or the Prince Charming shows up, and he gives Robin a shoe. And it fits perfectly. Right, Robin? Yeah. And so that shoe, a shoe speaks of what you are called to walk in, what you are called to walk in. And so as he... Robin positions himself as he finds and takes a place of rest and, and moves in the grace of what God has prepared for him it is there that he will find his purpose and his calling and it will be a perfect match and the, the response will be complete adulation and happiness and it's a promise dream it's a promise what did you think Robin?
6: Yeah, that's good. That that, uh, that struck me in the spirit. So that's good.
5: Great. Do you have any questions?
6: No. Honestly, I was thinking, you know, when I first had the dream, obviously I was a little kid and I always thought of the willow tree as being like the grandmother from like Pocahontas, and that uh-huh. was after I got yeah. older. And I was thinking yeah. Prince Charming was like, like Jesus making an invitation with me to be his bride or something mm-hmm. like that. Yes. Yeah. the shooting that makes perfect
5: sense it makes perfect yeah. sense, yes right and no, I dream i love I love that it, you didn't uh think it was so weird that you became Cinderella in the dream,
1: yeah,
6: <laughs> you know sometimes weird things don't make sense to us, but i I learned through you know trial and error that my logic isn't God's logic, you know, and if mm-hmm, he's the one speaking mm-hmm. to be in dreams, then I need to learn what his logic is and not rely on my own understanding. Yeah, good.
2: Amy, did you talk about the shoe in his dream? Because Robin, did you say did. that he he put the shoe on you? Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
5: All right. And another thing, we want to look at the shoe. You know, shoes are what we're called to walk in, right? It's it, a lot of times you'll have dreams where you'll receive shoes, or maybe you change your shoes, or even just the type of shoes. Maybe you went from a flip flop to a running shoe to high heels you know, the, even the color of the shoes. And, and even so, even asking Robin, well, which shoe did it fit on? You know, which, was it the right or was it the left? Because that also can speak of things that happen in the natural versus things that are happening in the spiritual. You know, is that purpose a spiritual understanding or is that purpose a natural? Is it going to come to fruition in the natural or is it going to come to fruition in the spirit realm? And so even, even those kind of questions are, are important. But the core nature of the whole dream is that Robin positioned himself on the rock, which represents Jesus, and he, he took a place of rest, leaning up against the willow tree. In that rest, he received grace, meaning you don't have to strive. You don't have to, to accomplish. You don't have to be perfect. Position yourself and rest in grace. And it's there that you will find your calling, your perfect match. It's there that you begin to partner with God for your purpose and your call.
3: For participation. And um, mm-hmm. uh, we, we want to move on to the next two callers. We have two more people on the line who would like to have their dreams interpreted. Great. Okay.
2: So we have we Denise. Denise, your mic is live. Check in.
0: Hi. Denise here. Hi, Denise. Hi. Hi. So I have a recurring dream recently that I'm sitting on a beach and uh, the tide is coming in and out and things are good and peaceful and there are lots of people around me. And then all of a sudden the tide comes in and I'm prompted to have to leave so, there's some danger of flooding. So, I get in a car and I drive the car over a bridge and I'm kind of fleeing the water. And most of the time, I'm alone. In the last dream I had, I had two friends in the car with me. In all the dreams, when I go on the bridge over the water in the car, I never reach a conclusion, I don't get to the destination.
5: Okay, great. And then, if you were to title this dream, what would you title it?
0: Yeah, I was thinking about that when you asked uh, the other caller, and uh, I don't, nothing comes to mind immediately.
5: Okay, and if so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. um, I know it's hard, but I I need you to kind of really hone in and ask yourself, like, if you, if this was a story, and Mm -hmm. you're a writer. What would you Hmm. title that? And when I say title, look for an action word and a noun and a describing word. It's very important because this is what's Uh, going to help you later on to kind of hone into your interpretation.
0: uh, Water under the bridge is something that has occurred to me after these dreams.
5: Okay. Okay. Mm Water under the bridge. That's good. That's really good. And how did you feel in the dream? Other than at first you're peaceful, and then how did you feel? Anxious. Anxious. Okay. Great. All right. So Denise, the, you know, she, the dreamer, we kind of force her into – Creating a title, and this is very important, and it's probably one of the most difficult parts about um, dream interpretation because your brain wants to go to all kinds of places, and then, and then it's kind of like, how do you, inter- you know, how do you put uh, a sentence to crazy, right? And but, but, it's very important that we do this because one of the things that Denise says is she refers to water, she refers to, um, uh, you know, water going under, and then she refers to a bridge. So these are core elements that are important to her spirit, right? So water can represent spiritual things. A bridge can represent transition and running under. And then we also note that water under the bridge is almost a cliche. Well, it's water under the bridge, right? And we look and say, well, Denise, how did you feel? And she was at first peaceful, which is a fruit of the spirit. It's a state in which we, an emotional state in which we want to be in. But there's something that's pulling Denise out of a state of peace and into anxiousness, and there lies the problem. There is where we want to hone in and try to find a resolve for Denise. And so she's at a beach, which can represent, again, reflection, rest. It's, It's almost the same symbol. As it would be for our last caller, who was sitting under a willow tree. Right, it's a place of reflection. It's you know the beach is where we go to just let our mind wander. It's just a place of refreshment and relax to get away from the hustle and bustle of the day. And she's peaceful. And then the tide starts coming in. And what does that mean? Tide, tide were to come over you or a tidal wave, it would speak of to overwhelm one one to overwhelm a person, right? So tidal waves. It, a water speaks of of um, of the spirit, but on the negative aspect, it's a, a demonic spirit too. So it went from being a the spirit of God, which is peace, to a demonic attribute, which is to overwhelm someone, and and being overwhelmed causes fear. And now she gets in the car, so, so she goes from a place of rest and relaxation, she moves out of fear, and she goes into that which drives her, right? And now she's trying to cross over a bridge. She's trying to make this transition, right? And she, but she's fleeing. She's fleeing, and she's trying to make the transition. And um, a lot of times, Denise, you said you are alone. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so that also, that's a key word, alone, being alone in something, especially when we're overwhelmed. And then you said uh, a couple of times or one time you had two friends in the car? Correct. Okay. And would you say that the reoccurring part of it, you're typically alone or do you typically have um, friends in the car with you?
0: Alone is the reoccurring part.
5: Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. And so I would ask you, where in your life have you felt, and you don't have to answer it you know, live, but I want you to ponder on this. Where, where do you feel that you're constantly, you know, you seek a place of peace, you finally find that place and state of well-being, and then all of a sudden chaos ensues, you're completely overwhelmed with the circumstances. But instead of dealing with the circumstances, you flee. And now you move into... Um, you know, operation mode, which is, well, let me fix the situation. Let me, let me um, drive this thing. Let me drive this thing. And if I drive it, I can make the transition. Because really what you're seeking is to get back to the place of peace. You're really uh-huh. driving, trying to find a place of protection, a place of a state of well-being. But instead you're crossing over, you're driving in the car, you're fleeing, and you feel alone in these circumstances. And so my question to you, and of course you don't have to answer, is, you know, where in your life do you always feel like you're fleeing chaotic situations? Or you feel like it's almost like the the rug is being pulled out from under you. And it's like you finally attain that place of state of emotional well-being and then something else happens, another circumstance happens, and it sends you on your way instead of maybe dealing with the tidal wave and staying and seeing you know, what, what comes of it if I if I stand my ground or, or whatnot and maybe not getting into the car and driving because a lot of times, you know, you flee and there you find yourself alone, right? Or in, in another case we're with two friends and two represents time of testing and trial. And so those two friends can also be, you know, a positive and a negative. It's a test, you know, a test of your heart. You know, um, you know, will I choose this way or will I choose that way? And so Without answering the question and, you know, getting into your privacy, would you say that that is um, something maybe you've dealt with? Absolutely, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and I think the resolve, and, and I noticed that your dream didn't actually have a resolve. It actually left you in a state of anxiousness, didn't it? Correct. And I believe that this is the beginning of a dream, that if you can find out the core issue of the whole fleeing thing, I believe that if you pray for more of the clarity in the dreams, that you will um, start to have resolve. You'll you'll begin to have dreams about resolves in here. And I think if you hone in and focus on um, allowing situations to overtake and overwhelm you and move you out of a state of peace, because the truth is, Denise, that no matter what situation comes against us, we do not have to leave a state of peace. In fact, right when we move into anxiousness, we actually create more chaos around us. But when overwhelming situations happen to us and we learn to stay in a state of peace, we don't flee, we don't feel alone because we're not alone, and we, we make our stance in, in peace, and we, we, you know, we, um, we make a stand to stand in peace. And that is where the chaos, we walk above the chaos. We walk above the tidal wave. It, our circumstances don't dictate our emotions. Our emotions dictate our circumstances. Mm. And I think that's what this dream has to, be, has to do with, is, is maintaining a state of peace even though it looks like chaos ensues around you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, well, thank for, you. for allowing me to, to help you. Yes.
3: Thank you, Denise. Thank you.
5: Okay. And
0: Rafika Blessings Blessings Mm -hmm. to you Denise Uh Uh-huh Bye Bye Bye
3: Okay Before we take The next caller With a question I want to ask you One question And that is Is there a difference Between dreams And nightmares
5: Yes There is You know Dreams You know In this case I would not Say that That this would have Been a nightmare I think it's resolving A character issue Or an issue Of the heart um, there are dreams that bring a tremendous amount of fear. Um, it brings hopelessness. It brings, um, you know, a lot of uh, fear, or terror, or hopelessness. Those dreams are what we would call nightmares. Now, here's the deal. They can also be interpreted because it's just spirit-to-spirit communication. Now, just because a dream is bad doesn't mean that it's not, you know, from God. Mm-hmm. Um it, it can also, all dreams can be interpreted because it's spirit to spirit communication. And so, you know, the Hebrews actually, when they had bad dreams, they actually took, there were 12 dream interpreters. In Israel at the time, and they would have a dream, and they were they would take it to all twelve of them because the power was in the interpretation. It was it's a, they actually sought out interpreters who were gifted to flip the dream around and speak a positive interpretation into it. Be, why? Because our words are what creates. Our words create. That's why Joseph actually repeated his dream to his brothers. It wasn't because he was, um, you know, people, you know, the Western culture says, oh, well, he was just so arrogant. He, you know, released this dream. No, he actually released it because the Hebraic model was that the dream wouldn't come to pass unless there was an interpretation, right? In, pre- You know, when we impregnate, we've got to have the egg and the sperm. That's how you get pregnant. And that's mm-hmm. really what, what dream is. A dream is uh, the egg and then the interpretation is the sperm, right? It, right. It, it creates, you know, it the the words and the declaratory nature of an interpretation is what activates that egg.
3: Okay, so we're gonna go right into the next interpretation. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yep. Jacueta, your mic is live. Your mic is live. Jaquita, check in.
0: I'm here.
4: Hi, Amy. <laughs> How Hi. Are you? I'm great. How Good. are you? Good. First, before I tell you my dream, I have to tell you that you are just amazing. Like, you oh, definitely thank have a good I know you've been doing it for a long time, but, yeah. you, I mean, I, I just, the way you're d- deciphering things is just awesome. I just have to tell you that.
5: Thank you. Okay.
4: Thank you. Okay, so now, I had a dream today that I want to share with you. Okay. So, in my dream, I was driving on a busy road on a highway with multiple lanes, and then my husband My husband was coming on a motorcycle, driving, like, really fast, like, in and out, bobbing and weaving through traffic, just very aggressively and arrogantly. And um, there were people watching. Somehow they were, like, I guess in their cars, but I can hear what they were saying. Like, what's wrong with this dude? Like, he just, you know, pushed us off the road, and the people were angry. And um, somehow he messed up on a turn on that motorcycle, and he ended up falling off of this. (laughs) I'm sorry. He ended up (laughs) He ended up falling off of the highway. It was, like, up in the air. So he ended up falling down, down, down. And somehow I was able to go down and find where he fell. And when he fell, you know, it was some kind of doorway. And he came through the doorway, but he was all naked. And he had, um, I guess he was holding his chest. He got wounded to some degree. And he looked defeated. Like, he was kind of, like, uh, just walking in sluggishly. Like, you know, he got really injured. And he fell to the ground. And then um uh, uh, another figure came and fell with him and it was actually a, a pale white woman that fell right fell with him as he as he laid down and, and I guess I don't know if he was passing or what, she laid down too.
5: And she laid down next Alex, to him? Yes. Okay. And do you know the woman? No. No, it's
4: like she knew him or something. It's just like, you know uh he it was him. a gentle
5: she very with it. She's very gentle and calm. So, do you feel like she was a positive or a negative? Mm, she was a supporter of him. Supporter. Okay. So I got it's positive for him. It seems okay. like a comforter.
4: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All
5: right. Okay. Well, you're driving down a busy highway. Life is busy, huh? You're you're on your journey. You and your husband, you're on a journey. Um, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100. percent Do I believe that your husband is actually your husband in your dream? I think he's symbolic, and oftentimes okay. husbands in our dream can be uh, leadership. Any type of leader, they can represent our bosses. They can represent our pastors. They can represent our, um, you know, our. They can represent our husband. They can represent Jesus. Um, And so I would ask you that I notice that um, you're driving down a busy highway and you notice that your husband is on a motorcycle zipping in and out. Motorcycles Mm -hmm. can speak of um, independent spirits, those who do not operate as a team. And especially because you say aggressive and um, bobbing in and out was kind of aggressive and and arrogant, right? And I would ask you to think about you – you know, do you have a leader of some sort, someone that you've been in a covenantal relationship with or maybe contractual relationship that you deem is not operating as a team player, maybe uh, independent, kind of aggressive, um, arrogant about? It I, could be I your know.
4: First, I could think about the first thing, the only thing I think about is our marriage. <laughs> that's what it is. Okay. okay. That's,
5: yeah. 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 It's in the, yeah. Different way of yeah, thinking. okay. Yeah. And it could be your husband, right. And so I, you know, yeah. when we say I'm driving down a busy highway and there's someone out there who, you know, and my husband or someone I'm in covenantal relationship or have some contractual relationship is operating outside of the car. He's on a motorcycle. Motorcycles mean, you know, something of independent. And then you, you use the terminology arrogant and aggressive. And so... It, I believe it, it's a heart issue. So we, we ask ourselves, who am I in covenantal relationship, a contractual relationship, that's operating aggressively and arrogantly? That's the first step, right? Okay. Now, once you once you determine that, and you said, I think it's my marriage, right? He, so mm-hmm. in your marriage, you feel your husband operates with um, with arrogance. Uh, maybe independence, maybe he doesn't ask you for your, you know, your thoughts on something, or you make joint decisions, but he's always making his own decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And you also can hear the other drivers. So, so that, mm-hmm. is a, that speaks of a gift of discernment, and it also can speak of the positive is a gift of discernment. The negative is that it's image-based. What will people think about him? long, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: And you're concerned about what it ma- what it looks like to others. And so, mm-hmm. but here's the thing, he, as he's bobbing and, and, you know, uh, being arrogant and aggressive in his driving, um, he falls off the highway, a higher way, right? Mm-hmm. He falls off. Mm-hmm. And as he's going down the cliff, you actually go down there with him. You're able to go down there. Now, were you in the car when you went down there with him? No, I kind of just went down free, like like I was just free. I somehow
4: was able to like just find him. I don't know. I just I I don't okay. know. I,
5: yeah, you just you were there. Just and so the core action of going down there was really just to help him, support him, like to to help him out or to help you know to save him.
4: Basically, is that correct? I don't think I helped him. I just watched him. I I, I think I forgot one part. I I looked and something was like you should, maybe you should call. The ambulance and I'm like, no, maybe I should just watch. Yeah,
5: okay. So so now you're watching his demise, right? You're watching his demise, and there is a doorway, right, which speaks of an opportunity, an opportunity to get right. And and sometimes I liken it to hit rock bottom. We have to hit Mm -hmm. rock bottom before we realize that we are uh, that there's an opportunity, you know, that there's a higher way. Sometimes we don't operate in a higher way. We want to operate in self and independence and be arrogant and you know we think we know better. But that always leads to our demise. And in this, he he's naked, right? Nakedness in in a mm-hmm. positive aspect can can mean transparency, vulnerability. Um, nakedness in a negative aspect can say, you know, I'm showing my nakedness. I'm I'm revealing who I am, all all of me, right? And so. Um, in this case, we he grabs his chest, right? And the chest can also mm-hmm. represent um, our heart. You know, it's mm-hmm. a heart issue. And he's naked, which can speak of, you know, not having proper covering. Um, he's humiliated, can speak of humiliation. And he's defeated, right? Of course, because when mm-hmm. we operate with aggressiveness and arrogance and independently, we end up... Having heart issues, poor heart issues, heart tests, and then we end up humiliated and defeated. It sounds about right, and you're watching it happen, and yeah. all of a sudden, you see a pale white woman, a supporter comforting him there mm-hmm. and um when you say comforting it it can also speak of the the Holy Spirit, uh, the spirit mm-hmm. of God is our comforter, so it can that's why I mm-hmm. asked you, was that a positive or a negative you know um but in this mm-hmm. case. I really believe that you are busy about life. You're busy about doing the right thing. You're busy about um, operating in a higher way. Um, your partner is not, and he often acts arrogantly and independent. But as you will see, or as you are seeing now, he is falling to his demise, which will create a shame and a defeatedness, um, but, it will, but it will affect his heart issues. Because it really the reason we operate that way is because we have a you know, we have written on our hearts some things that are not truthful. And mm. in that, as you as you don't rescue him, because you don't call nine one one, this time don't rescue mm. him. Let him fall because it's there that he finds his comforter. Oh, that's wonderful. That sounds beautiful. Wow. That makes a yeah. lot of sense. Good, good. I'm so glad. Well, You know, the action is, take, take, yeah, take this dream and ponder it. Don't tell it to your husband unless he's listening right now. But um, take the dream and, um, you know, pray through it, meditate on it, incubate that dream, meaning as you lay there and say, I'm not going to rescue him this time. I'm not leaving him. I'm going to be there with him. I'm going to be down in the mire with him, but I'm not going to rescue him this time because if I keep rescuing him, he won't find his comforter he won't find you know sometimes it takes shame and humiliation to make some changes in life god doesn't want it that way he just wants us to make appropriate decisions but there is nothing like life-changing moments than humiliation right yeah Mm. oh wonderful well thank you so much for trusting me with your dream i appreciate it yeah you did an awesome job thank you so much thank Thank you you.
2: Amy, we are coming so close yeah. to the hour, but, um, well, we've been yeah. on longer than an hour, which I, I I did anticipate that we would need a lot of time, and I think we're going to need to do a part two because there are some areas that I think we need to dwell, delve into that we won't have time to do tonight. Great. So we want to invite you back on, and um, I will send you an email, and we'll look at some possible dates. And just um, continue this conversation because you made a you made a point earlier to talk about that there is no closure or no time
5: limit to mm-hmm. what God has to teach us. hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good. I look forward to coming back and thank you so much for having me.
3: You're so yeah, welcome. Can... But yeah, before you go, once again, give us an opportunity to share with our listening audience your contact information, your website, your social media stuff?
5: Yes, you can find me on Facebook at Amy Coelho. Um, Just click my public page. I don't have enough room on my my private profile, but you can click on there. And in there you will receive updates about what we have going on. I do have a a subscription mentorship where we mentor. In fact, I'm going to jump on that mentorship right now. Um, We have an online group that meets weekly, and we um, go over dreams and explain dreams. And in the group, you can post your dreams and hammer them out with the tribes, people, like-minded people. Um, You can find that subscription page on my website, which is amycoello.com. That's A-M-Y-C-O-E-L-L-O.com. You can also find me on Twitter, and you can receive daily dream symbols that I tweet out or my social media directory tweets out for me. And on there, you can find my book, my ebook, Dreams, uh, A Window into Your Destiny, and also How to Talk to the Unchurched, as well as uh, Dream Symbols. You can email me. I have a, um, an Excel sheet that I can give you of Dream Symbols. It's $30. And it helps uh, support our mission, um, which is our Mandate 58, which is to um, feed the homeless and um, that's really just where our mandate is. And so we teach people, and it's beautiful to be able to go into the homeless on the streets and, and hear the dreams that God is giving them. It's powerful. It's exciting. It's, you know, being able to restore hope and destiny into their lives. So every dollar you donate or spend in our ministry goes um, to, to helping support that mandate. And thank you so much for your time, and I look thank forward you. to coming back. Thank Bye-bye, you. Bye-bye. Absolutely, Amy.
2: Thank you. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. So, as you know, it is that time when we have to close. We never really want to close. We never want to leave you. We're so happy and so grateful to all of our listeners who checked in on the switchboard. Thank you, Robin. Thank you, Jaquita. Thank you, Denise, for sharing your precious genes with us. And hopefully their experiences um, have helped somebody else. All of our shows are archived on iTunes. You can listen to our shows on blogtalkradio.com slash thekeys107. And, of course, you can always go to our website at thekeys107network.com. Also, if you have any ideas or you want to share more or talk more, join our Facebook group at thekeys107. Join our page at thekeys107. We tweet. And also... You can send us an email at suggestions at Keys 107 networkcom I am Rafika, and I'm just so full right now that I know I'm not going to be able to sleep right away. But when I do sleep, I'm going to look forward to it. <laughs>
1: good
3: night well, and thank I'm you. I'm going to look forward to a dream, you know. And so I'm going to say good night to our listening audience. But we're going to say it the only way we know how. We are the Keys 107. We are dedicated to uplifting the mind. We want to share with you love, peace, and happiness. And this is The Keys 107 for opening doors to endless possibilities. Good night, y'all. Love you much.